0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Use of Force. I'm Mike Varley.
1: I'm Jesse Hyatt.
0: And today we are in Alley Pond Park along our East Queens Marathon route. It's pretty much as far as we can get from our house as possible. We're sitting on a park bench right now, surrounded by families. They're picnicking and throwing frisbees and all that. And we're going to talk about a case that actually happened along a part of the route we already walked through today, which is Jamaica, Queens.
1: That's right. So I'm going to read the NYPD incident report, and then we'll talk about it. So the incident report says at approximately 1359 hours on Thursday, October 23rd, 2014, Four officers, present in front of 162-10 Jamaica Avenue, were asked by an independent party to pose for a photograph. Immediately after the photo was taken, an individual removed a hatchet from his backpack and ran towards the police officers, proceeding to swing the weapon at them and striking one on the forearm and one on the side of the head. The two uninjured officers unholstered and discharged their firearms at the perpetrator, striking him a minimum of six times and causing his demise. A bystander in proximity to the event was also injured by another stray bullet. Subject toxicology yielded no presence of narcotics or alcohol.
0: So unlike the previous two episodes we've done where there were no instances of news coverage surrounding this event, This is an instance where we have news coverage involving the person's name and some background about them.
1: Yeah, so this person that was killed by the police and had swung the hatchet, his name was Zale Thompson. He was 32 years old, and there are some reports about this event and how it happened i pulled out a quote from one of the articles that i feel like gives us a little bit of a background into why this might have happened so i'll just read that real quick Police in New York say an axe attack on two officers was a terrorist act carried out by a radicalized Muslim convert. Thompson was shot dead after wounding the two officers, one critically in Queens on Thursday. And in that article, they said that they knew that he was... Or that they knew that this was a terrorist act because... He had browsed al-Qaeda websites and had watched beheadings. So it makes it a very difficult incident to talk about.
0: Yeah. Yeah, as we've called out on previous episodes, it's our intention to talk about a vast selection of different instances of death in the name of upholding justice or safety. And this is definitely one of the more knee jerk, prickly ones, I guess you could say, something like that, because it is, uh, surrounds the topic of terrorism, which is face value wrong. Terrorism is not something that any honest person should be supporting. No. And so it, it becomes very easy to paint this in just one one light and, and not think further about it.
1: Yeah, and I think even, you know, we've spoken before about the importance of the media and news articles being written about these things, at least to give a second viewpoint on how this happens as opposed to just the police viewpoint. When it comes to terrorism, it's really challenging to give any other perspective, right? Yeah. Especially here in America where we're we're really afraid of that and rightly so. There's an article here in the Gazette that starts to talk about the this person Thompson's terrorist activity, and the way that they start that is to say it has been determined by authorities that Thompson had converted to Islam two years ago. And then it goes in to explain in more detail the links to Al-Qaeda and militant groups. But it gets really complicated when we start talking about terrorism just by talking about Islam
0: mm-hmm. well the as described in the use of for, force report there were no narcotics or alcohol found in Zale's system right when you think about what exactly a terrorist act a true terrorist act is it involves some degree of coordination and some, even if not some degree of coordination, some instance of attacking like a transit or something that would actually impact a, a person's everyday life to put doubt and fear into their minds. Right. So it, if it is in fact true that they were able to discern that this person was browsing terrorist websites, the action doesn't meet what I would consider to be terrorism.
1: That's interesting. I mean, I guess I can kind of make the, the link because we, this was 2014, right? And at that point, and still now, the police are thought of as law and order, safety, people to look to for some sort of guidance or, you know, like nothing bad could happen to them kind of thing. And then to show that sort of just a regular guy with a hatchet in his backpack could actually do some damage. I can see where, how that could instill fear. I don't think it's as extreme as what we usually think of a terrorist attack to be
0: yeah i mean it's It's
1: really like an individual it's an individual act of violence against the police yeah
0: which seems like the work of somebody that is an emotionally disturbed person in the true sense not in the in the description that we talked about in the previous episode
1: right it seems like there's either some sort of instability or searching for answers or meaning or, you know. There's some, there's clearly something that wasn't quite linking up for this guy.
0: And from my recollection of the news story, there wasn't anything overt in terms of any... Uh, statements that were left prior to the crime or...
1: Yeah, no, there was nothing like that. They purely linked it based on web searches.
0: Right, which is scary.
1: Well, I think that's kind of, yeah, that's sort of what I was trying to say. They, They linked it based on web searches and his religion. Right. Which the religion in itself has nothing to do with this type of behavior. The American thought process on that doesn't always agree with what I just said, but the religion itself has nothing to do with this type of behavior.
0: Right. We don't know what Zales' rationale was. I'm not sure that there was even a strongly coherent rationale Mm -hmm. for something like this. When I think of what a radicalized islam message can be it is a, a message of denigrating uh, america and what it has done to the world but also you know what it does to its people internally as a, a rationale for why it's okay to commit these acts of terrorism mm. and perhaps that was what was appealing to him was the idea that, that it empathized with his condition perhaps you know perhaps he felt marginalized and this was something that resonated with that marginalized feeling
1: yeah that's possible I think I mean I don't think that someone does something like that If you feel part of a community or if you feel happy and comfortable and okay, I think I'd imagine that hatchet attacks don't, they happen, you know, that kind of thing happens if there's anger and extreme dissatisfaction and it doesn't come from someone who's, you know, comfortable and happy and healthy. Yeah. So, You know our our intention behind this series is to humanize the person that was killed right and how and think about how these things could be potentially avoided in the future and I guess again it seems like we're talking about mental health and community yeah But we might be talking a bit about politics and how we accept people that are deemed as others here.
0: mm-hmm I think it when you talk about how to not have unfortunate, unwarranted use of force instances, how it relates to this, is... One of the reasons it's more challenging is because I don't. This represents to me a a true anomaly that can be held up as a validation and a standard when it comes to the when it comes to the point of view of a, a law officer. You know, it just reinforces a lot of stereotypes of. People that are emotionally disturbed, potentially people that are Islamic, p- people that are terrorists, and it—it's this. I think it can be very much an idea of, you know, you don't know what it's like out there. Yeah. You, know, you could be attacked. You could you could be posing for a photo from somebody, and somebody could just come and just bum rush you, and and you know. And I this get, has that's, happened that's, once. That's true. And and it it becomes the the exception that proves the rule.
1: Right, and And, it's, well, yeah, and it's so, especially talking about this in America, especially talking about this in New York, it plays into all the fears that we've allowed ourselves as a country to think are okay and allow our fears as a country to validate the way that we treat each other and the way that we interact with each other and the way that we categorize who is safe and who's scary. Yeah. But it's all purely based on fear. It's not, it's not, maybe it's, I don't know, I was going to say it's not rational. It's not real by any large metric. It's real in this one instance.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's, yeah, like you're saying, it it kind of, this kind of thing, even though it just happened once, it did have a lot of media coverage. You know, we talk about the last two weeks, we spoke about incidents that had no media coverage at all. and now we're talking about this. This had a lot of media coverage.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that when you talk about the concept of police officers being heroes, and I I think that there is a way we can get back to that as a society, or maybe even if not get back have that manifest for the first time, depending on your perspective on the situation. But I think it, these are the types of incidences where heroicism could potentially really shine through. And it's by being able to recognize something like this as a potential work hazard, but not something that you can allow to influence the thought process of an entire institution.
1: Right. I don't know what, I guess the idea of what is a hero is even a question for me because in a situation like this, killing the guy that attacked with a hatchet doesn't, personally make me think hero.
0: No, I don't think so either. I don't don't think that's my, that's not my intention. I think the hero is somebody that can hold in awareness the idea that freak anomalies do not make a system.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I still don't know if I would use the term hero. I like, I, I, you know, I know that it's an, it's something that people like to be able to use big terms. I might not be that kind of person, but. (laughs) I know that society does, and that that might be important. Um, I do think that that creates a brave person to know that there's incidents that you know could be a one-off and could happen at any moment, which could happen to any of us, right? <laughs> Not just police officers. Any one of us could have something crazy happen to them at any moment, but. Yeah, when you're when you're walking around with a gun on your hip and an, a uniform that signifies that you have some sort of training and have a duty to uphold law and order, you, I guess you're sort of making yourself a target and you're putting yourself out there. So there's, yeah, an element of something that I could respect as bravery if, like you're saying... There's an understanding that these things have happened, could happen, but are not going to happen all the time, every day, and shouldn't be the main focus of the job.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not one to hero mm-hmm. worship either, but I I do think that that is a thing that people do. Yeah. And I am willing to have that be a, a space in our society.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But
0: I want to I know what my standards for that are, because it also can act as a shield for more, you know, onerous behavior, and we, we need to be careful to not let that be a thing that exists. But I do think that I, I, I think there is something heroic to the idea of you know seeing a, a very a very easy to apply instance of a, of a disturbed person. It just checks so many boxes of stereotypes that could just make your brain shut off and yeah. just and have you be an imperfect vessel for the law, you know? Right. And to be able to, to recognize that, that this is not reflective of reality, I think, is, yeah. When you, when you have your life on the line, potentially, every day, I could perceive that as, an, as a heroic it's subtle. It's not like running into a building and saving a bunch of people. Right. But that's, that, that's not the type of thing that I want to have a hero be. I want to have it be somebody that's, that's more, you know, upholding the basic things, you know?
1: Yeah. I guess I have a hard time with the, the language of the hero because we, we dramatize it. We love to dramatize everything. Yeah. So all those Marvel movies, that's not just about some, the superhero doesn't just recognize that crime could potentially happen at any point and be humble about it, which I think is what we are saying would be good for the police officers, right?
0: Well, it's more than just crime. It's the idea that there is some sort of
1: violence against them or that
0: that all of the yeah that there's a a, an effort coordinated specifically against them but also that it involves a a religion and it involves a concerted coordinated effort and it, it it just yeah that it involves all of these things that other people whose job it is isn't to uphold the law are fearful of And are constantly, you know, vocalizing it, and possibly vocalizing it in order to manipulate other people to get what they want. Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah. Or at least to manipulate people to live in fear. Yeah. And to keep other people from being able to live comfortably.
0: Yeah. So I'm not really sure what more to say about this particular incident. I I don't rep- I don't believe that either of the officers injured died.
1: They did not. No.
0: And you know,
1: and neither did the person that was A man
0: a man coming at four police officers with the hatchet ha- is going to die. Like it that doesn't yeah. mean that like that that it might be an instance of suicide by by cop, which is something that yeah. we see occasionally yeah. as well. Yeah. And true. so I I think it's a it's a really challenging incident there's
1: yeah, there's a lot you know I mean in all of these there's a lot to talk about that neither of us are fully educated or trained to talk about but it is feeling important and interesting and like something that we we, Are choosing to do right now to at least get ourselves as fairly average citizens to start thinking about these really challenging topics and to break any sort of stereotypes that we have ourselves and or at least challenge them or if we've already broken them you know challenge it further try and understand why people have these stereotypes try and understand more about where that comes from and what the truth is yeah so yeah maybe as the year goes on we'll be able to circle back to this one and think more about it but i guess for now i don't know if i have much more to say
0: yeah thank you to those that uh, have listened in the past and today we appreciate the support If you have anything that you'd like to contribute to this particular instance, either through your past experience of it or through listening to this and and learning more afterwards, we'd love to hear from you and continue the conversation. We attempt to do this every week and pair it with one of the walks that we're doing on any given week. So please continue listening and thanks for your time. Bye. Bye.